You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith, and today's guest is a black belt located in Livermore, California. Ladies and gentlemen, Donnie Franks. What's up, Lamar? What's going on, sir? How are you? What's up with all the Star Wars people in the background there? Oh, um, man, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, a nerd. <laughs> 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 yeah, I got I got my Star Wars people, too. Gotcha, gotcha. You're the first person to point that out. Like, I got a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff back there, but yeah, uh, I'm a little bit of a uh, of a comic comic nerd. There you go. All right, man. But first and foremost, man, I would like to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, greatly appreciate taking out the time today doing this for me. For sure. All right. So without further ado, if you want to formally introduce yourself, by all means, and uh, let's hear about your jujitsu journey. Yeah, my name is Don Franks. Um, been doing martial art for quite some time. Just want to preface this by telling you that I'm on my second day of COVID. Mm. So with this brain fog, uh, this will be interesting. Hopefully I don't say anything that I regret. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, started doing martial arts probably about five years old, um, was in the whole karate, you know, my age, if, if anybody's around the age of 50, you know, if you watched Bruce Lee and, or the thousand, you know, B version of ninja movies that were out in the eighties, I mean, you, you just got hooked on martial arts, right? Oh, so, yeah. So that was me. And, you know, anything martial arts I can get my hands on, I did. I mean, there's probably not a martial art out there that I haven't at least tried. So, you know, went through the whole Taekwondo, karate, kung fu, yada, yada, uh, all the way through to kind of junior high, started doing wrestling, you know, did wrestling in high school. I started doing boxing. Uh, my whole family is, you know, fighters. My dad was a, was a boxer in the Navy. We have a bunch of cousins, et cetera, that were professional fighters. So I think it's just in my blood. Oh, wow. So I've just always kind of done it. And then I got to college and I started, you know, doing amateur boxing. And meanwhile, I, I also started doing Aikido. Mm -hmm. And Aikido, you know, back then was super popular because of Steven Seagal, right? And Steven Seagal... It just so happens that I was part of his lineage in college. Mm. So he had two people underneath him. Uh, Larry Reynoso was my head instructor. And then he had uh, Matsuko Sensei, um, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he was kind of more in the L.A. area. Um, and I went to, to college in Chico. So I started doing a lot of Aikido and got to train with Seagal a couple of times. So that, that was pretty cool. So I'll tell you some funny stories about that. Oh. But, you know, the, uh, you know, the Aikido part of it, like his Aikido was a lot different than traditional Aikido. So when I got out of college, I did Aikido for, you know, probably another seven, eight years and went to a bunch of different schools doing that as well as I did Kaju Kembo as well at that same time. And I had a guy who uh, I'm really good friends with. His name's Alex Kambabian. 
Alex Gambabian is Javier Mendez is from, from AKA. That's his best friend, right? Okay. So AKA, obviously huge around my parts, um, San Jose area and Alex owned Sunnyvale, AKA. So Alex would always say, you know, Hey man, come, come train with me, come do jujitsu. And I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm not doing that ground stuff. I'm good. I'm an Aikido master. I'm not going to do that. Kept begging me, begging me. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. So I went down to, to actually with San Jose at that time, uh, AKA. And I did, you know, just trained with Alex. And Alex was, a, I believe he was an ISKA, you know, kickboxing champion. He was also uh, under guerrilla jiu-jitsu, under Dave Camarillo incredible uh jujitsu guy but kind of uh tries to stay behind the scenes but he was probably 140 pounds soaking wet i'm over 200 pounds and i thought you know i'm, I'm just gonna mop this guy I was you know a wrestler yada yada done martial arts forever and he probably tapped me out a hundred times in five <laughs> minutes and i'm just like dude what are you doing what what right. is it's like what what is happening to me right now and so from that day forward, I mean, I was just hooked and I just knew that jujitsu was just something different, right? I mean, it just doing all the martial arts that I've done, you know, they're all theory-based, right? Mm -hmm. Martial arts, traditional martial art, a lot of them are theory-based, at least, you know, kind of 90s and, and beyond. Back in the 60s and 70s, you know, if you look at the karate tournaments, et cetera, back then, I mean, they were, you know, very similar to almost, you know, the UFC type of, of, of striking, et cetera. Now it's all kind of point fighting, et cetera. So it was always theory. Okay. If somebody tries to choke you, I'm going to grab their arm. I'm going to, you know, rake their face, you know, hit them in their solar plexus and that's the move. Right. But of course you can never do that. So I think with, you know, jujitsu, where you're actually trying to apply the techniques and then trying to figure out a way that you can try to get out of it. I mean, it was just mind blowing to me. So from there, I, you know, started training at a school in Livermore and I was training really hard, probably six times a week um, for about two years. And I wanted to do the whole competitive route. And right before I, I actually signed up for my first tournament and I tore my labrum. Mm. And I was also uh, an executive with with Kindred Healthcare, which is a big, uh, you know, healthcare system throughout the U.S. And so I was traveling, you know, every single week. So it was tough for me to really get in shape to to do that type of competitive training. But you know, I I, I stuck with it even through the injuries. And the good thing is that you know, through me doing all the traveling, I got to meet. You know, I went and trained at so many schools across the U.S. that I got to meet and train with some of the best people out there, um, especially during that time. So I got to, you know, befriend all these people and, and you know, really create a community within Excel for me um, that I can call these guys and train whenever I'm in town, et cetera. So it's been really cool. But from there, um, after a couple of years with that guy in Livermore, uh, Eric Bonifacio is his name. I had uh, met a guy named Darlinson Lira and Darlinson Lira, he's from Brazil and he's kind of, his whole family is from the other side of jujitsu, which you sometimes hear about, um, which, you know, isn't underneath necessarily the Gracie family. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So back then they called it uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Tradicional. So it's traditional Jiu-Jitsu, which means that their family in Brazil through Takiyano was, you know, more of, of the Japanese. They took the Japanese influence and, you know, did a lot of the Judo. It's very, very um, traditional in the fact that it's kind of like martial arts. You're bowing on and off the mats. You're in Seizal position before the mats start. You have to stand to attention when a black belt comes onto the mat. I mean, it, it's very different than what you see in, in most martial arts schools. I'm mean, in mm -hmm. most jujitsu schools. Mm -hmm. um, so I had, I had opened up a school with him uh, in Livermore. And we had run that together for about five years or so. And then I had, uh, you know, essentially let him kind of take it over and run it. It was more of a thing I did with him just to help him out. And then with his brother, Carlos Rocha, uh, who was a UFC fighter, um, I had opened up a gym with him in Hayward. Um, and we ran that business together for a few years. And then I stepped back and let him take over the school. So since then, you know, I, I've really been uh, just training in my garage and a bunch of people, you know, come here and train. And then I just go to different martial arts schools and sometimes teach classes, et cetera. But you know, I've been doing jujitsu, I guess, for about 16 years now. Oh, wow. um, and, you know, since that beginning, you know, when I was at my first martial art or my first jujitsu school, I had met Joe Marrera. And Master Joe. I had told Joe, I said, Joe, listen, I'm going to be under you no matter what. And no matter where I go across the U.S., because I was training at so many different schools, I just said, you're my guy. And you know, Master Joe's been that ever since. And so Joe comes up here about twice, uh, twice or three times a year. And we train. Uh, he's coming up here for my birthday in, in May. Uh, so we're going to we're going to do a little seminar then. But, you know, he's become a really, you know, aside from my you know teacher, he's also a very good friend of mine. And so I'm happy to see that you're also underneath Joe as well. So, that's yes, good. sir. Yep. Master Joe Moel. Yeah. Have you got to train with him much? Oh, yeah. Train with him, did a couple seminars, had a private, um, which I would love to do again. Yeah. But I come up everybody. here in May. Let's go. You said what? I said come up here in May. Hey, if I could swing it, that sounds like a plan. That'd be fun. Yeah, we're going to have That'd a big be... party, having an old reggae guy come up and do a party for us. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome time. Yeah. So I asked everyone who was trained under Joe, uh, mm -hmm. like how long did it take you to, to speak Joe? So <laughs> funny story. So, you know, so I have Joe come up, like I said, quite a bit and he's done seminars at, at Darlinson's and Carlos's and other places. Uh, and, you know, half the people that walk away, they go, I couldn't understand anything he said. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's only been in America for 40 years. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, but yeah, Joe, Joe's tough, but it took me about, you know, of really, you know, being with him for that amount of time, especially in the beginning, it only took me a couple months. Um, but he, you know, the thing about Joe is that he also has a hard, because Joe does things that you just go, what, what was that? Like, yeah. What did you just do? Right. So there's a, do you know who Michael Jen is? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had a uh, he was a he did an episode uh, a couple of days ago. 
Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. cool. So <laughs> Michael Jen to me is, I, I mean, he, he's one of the best, best instructors. I, I, I would compare him to John Danaher. Oh, okay. I mean, he is, the way that he looks at things is just completely different than everybody else. And, mm -hmm. and I train with, I train with him about once a week and okay. he's able to see what Joe does and be able to articulate it in a different way. And so that's why I love training with him. Cause he just sees that hidden jujitsu that Joe does. For an example, have you ever gotten the, the, what we call the Joe choke? where he wraps around your shoulder and he does like a movement where he, it kind of bends your neck. If he's in psych control, he, he'd go for the other shoulder and with his arm underneath your chin. Um, Ooh, no. It Okay. If you ever train with Joe, just tell him to do the Joe choke to you because it's the most excruciating. All your jujitsu goes out the window when he does it to you. And it's literally taken me at least 10 years to try to get it decent. But when you like talk to Michael, he's all, Oh no, you got to do this little thing. You got to do this little thing. So there's things that Joe does that is just amazing, but you really have to dig into the how, you know, mm -hmm. how does this thing work? But yeah, my, Michael, Michael's amazing. Yeah. Like, um, uh, let me see. Was I still a white belt or blue belt when, um, I did a private with Master Joe and, you know, he's asking me like, uh, you know, what you want to go over? So I said, you know, escapes from bottom. So he said, oh, <laughs> we work circle snake. Yeah. So I'm like, I know circle snake. <laughs> and I'm and I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to question it. He knows what he's talking about. But in my mind, I'm like, circle snake, really? But he literally broke down. I think it was like an hour but he broke down the circle snake to a point where I was just like, oh, okay. It was more to it than what we, but what we know. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's always phenomenal to sit down and talk to him. Um, like I'll message him every now and then on face. I don't know. like on Instagram mm -hmm. and he, you know, he talks just like he types where well, he types just like he talks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like one of the first times I've, uh, I met him, was during my instructor's uh black belt mm -hmm. uh you know he was there for his black belt did a um a seminar after <clears throat> but my you know instructor gave us the the rundown like hey master joe taught himself english and it shows and you know just just try to listen carefully what he's saying and you 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 eventually get it right yeah you get it for you, sure. you get it yeah but now it's funny like after all these years every time you come back i'm one of the guys explaining it to the new guys like hey this is blah 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 because i can like you know understand them almost completely now yeah because you know if you can if you if you can work through the grunts and the growls and <laughs> you know and everything else you you you, you get it you get it yeah, yeah 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 no he's a he's an amazing amazing instructor i mean he and i and i gotta tell you too like <clears throat> about the circle snake i mean I think he, he has 25 of them. And so what? he has five different shrimps that he does, right? 25. And they're all like, I can't get him to like, every time I say, I say, okay, let me, let me record them all. Let me record them all. And then it goes off in the 20 different, you know, 
different ways where I can't just pin him down and get those 25 from him. But, you know, all every time he comes, like I'm working on just a new shrimp and I'm like, well, what is this for? And then he like shows you all the different things. I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense. I'll give you an example. Everybody in every school does a shrimp where you shrimp and you put your hands down to your feet, right? Mm -hmm. Then you go to the other side, you take your hand, you put them down to your feet. Uh huh. So he goes, show me a shrimp. So I shrimp and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, why would you shrimp like that? I'm all, I don't know. That's what 99% of other people do. And he's like, okay. And then he got on top of me. He's like, do the shrimp what you just did. So, you know, I pushed one of his knees out to try to get, you know, in the, in the half guard. And then I came back to center and then he just scooted his knees up and I'm all okay. And he goes, don't ever put your hands down when you go to the other way. He's like, who does that? He's like, you always keep your hands down the entire time because you would never put your hands up because then they're just going to retain guard on you or, mm-hmm. or right. Yeah. So it's always when you're shrimping, your hands are always extended to both mm-hmm. sides. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. So he has that shrimp for every single movement. And, you know, I'm still trying to get them all down to practice those. And, you know, I show, a lot of black belts, you know, Hey, you know, here's some different shrimps that you can use. And they're like, well, you know, they've never seen that, but in application they work. And in fact, Michael Jen doesn't even do shrimps. Like he's like, no, this is, you don't do shrimps at all. And, and he, he's like, if you're going to do it, do it this way, which looks totally different than what somebody else would do. It's, it's because it's not practical, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all taught, you know, hitting a ball off a tee that's doing a shrimp. But in actuality, that's really like you're, you're using bad mechanics, you know, if you're doing it in a certain way and that's when it's not applicable, if that makes sense. No, it makes, it makes sense. And I, I, I don't know, you saw my face, but you said 25, right? Yeah. We only know the 11, mm. no 12, 11 or 12. Okay. Uh, I think the last one that he added was the Makako Bolo was the last <laughs> one that we saw. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my instructor sent it, uh, he sent it in the group text. It was like, okay, we got a new snake. So I was like, okay. So I'm watching it, watching it, watching it. And I'm like, okay, it's just like a variation of the back roll. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just, you know, a little small little thing. And I was like, okay. So that next day I was in, I was in a gym, you know, repping it and trying to, you know, practice it. So my instructor looked over at me and was like, Oh, you've been watching the uh, snake? He's like, yeah. He's like, good. You teach it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's the hidden jujitsu thing, right? I mean, it's just uh, there's little things that you learn, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, especially from, you know, all the snake moves. I mean, if you can master those, but I guarantee you when he comes into your school next time, show him what you know, and he's going to go, no, no, no. You no, no, no. It, right. Cause, cause there's little things that you miss because he, he's so, you know, particular to the different movement that, um, that's why like every time I meet with them, it's still real basic stuff Yeah, me that I'm just still trying to figure out most of his seminars. I mean, it's real basic and he shows like three moves, right. Mm-hmm. And he knows 
I mean, I don't know if you have any of his old books, but I mean, there's thousands of moves in those books, but he, you know, goes to a seminar and he teaches like three things. Yeah. Like I've, I've watched, um, some of his older stuff that he used to have on like Udemy and, Mm -hmm. you know, some of his other videos and yeah, they're, they're wrapped around his system, but you can actually see the progression in like his details Mm-hmm. In the same moves, like especially when it comes to him, his snakes or shrimps, as people call them, it's like, yeah, he does the same one, but they everything is like meticulous, yes. and it's just like these basic moves that we, you know, we drill and we rep every single day. But that's jujitsu in a nutshell when it comes to Master Joe Moore. Like, if you can get these snakes down, that's half of your game, right there. That's right. And my my, my big thing right now, you know. I'm 50, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. You know, I, I know that, you know, I, I have so many injuries. I mean, I, I have two torn labrums. I have a torn bicep. I have a torn knee. I have two broken feet. I mean, I'm uh-huh. a mess, right? Mm-hmm. But my thing is I want to be the best teacher I can be. Mm-hmm. And so I almost think of it as I'm, I'm now trying to get my master's degree, right? And so I'm spending a bunch of money, a bunch of time with people who I consider Yodas, right? And I'll give mm-hmm. you my Star Wars analogy because you have your Star Wars people back there. So there, there's this hidden jujitsu that, you, you know, most people go to a school and the instructor says, hey, okay, we're going to learn three new moves today, right? Mm-hmm. And then you learn these three things and it's, hey, grab the collar, then you're going to do a and bolo and then you're gonna come back grab the ankle twist his toe come back get his back i mean you're like what wait what 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 just happened right, right. So you move to the third one you're like i i cannot remember what we did that first move at all right so this hidden jujitsu stuff i mean it, it's amazing that when you get older and you've been doing it for a while you go oh that's the move like i've been training with a guy named Almansor vaz and we've been working on butterfly guard all month right and I'm trying to get away from his butterfly guard and I'm going, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what is happening here? And I realized the whole thing that he was doing was he was holding my knee when, when, you know, he had me in butterfly guard. And I was like, oh, that's the move. It's, it's you holding the knee goes into everything. You can't learn any other move until you figure out that hand on the knee. Mm-hmm. So you kind of forget about all like the move per se, the, the, you know, the choke, the triangle, the arm bar, whatever. It all is about that little tiny thing that you then go, okay, that that's the whole sequence of everything here. So, mm-hmm. so, so for Joe, and for Michael Jen, all of those guys have that little thing that when you look at new school jujitsu, where it looks like two spiders just fighting, right? I mean, they're just going nuts and it's not slow. It's not, you know, it's, it's a totally different game. But if you know those basics, right, you know how to at least try to control the chaos. And that's what I appreciate about you know, the, the, the Yodas of the world. When I say Yodas, I'm talking about the Joes or, you know, the Henzos or Danahers or Pedro Sowers. Like those to me are the Yodas, right? Those are the yeah. guys who can show the, 
the hidden jujitsu. And that's, that's what I'm trying to spend my time on right now. Just really trying to train with those type of people so I can become the best teacher I can. Yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know, I guess since, um, you know, this, this for what, like one of the main martial arts I've learned, uh, in, in like cons in consistently for like the past six years so i'm kind of stuck in that old mindset where you know this style of jujitsu that we've been doing i've been doing for so long and i watch videos of people like flipping and twisting and turning and i'm like dude you passed up like six like six finishes from this position just to get to his back i'm like it's it looks cool but is it really practical in the fight if your opponent is just if your opponent is not just standing there yeah are you talking about MMA or are you talking about jujitsu? Like jujitsu. Okay. Like you just see, like, you know, I, I know Joe, I, I don't know if he still does like the cartwheel. But I know Obviously he, no. I think he still does it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing if he does. Man. Oh, he did the one where um you're standing, you have their knees, you put your head down, and you flip, you know, you make that front flip. Mm. He, he done that before and we're looking like oh my goodness but that was the most graceful front flip i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he floated over and his feet just magically landed on the mat so it was like this is crazy man <clears throat> yeah and joe's you know obviously joe's getting older and you know he's a he's a bigger guy and i'm a bigger guy mm -hmm. and so you just gotta kind of adapt right like you gotta Kind of figure it out because you're not going to be doing the flips anymore you're not going to do you know you're not going to be inverting yourself and so you know especially when you're bigger i mean there's things that you could do better um than if you're you know tall and lanky and young etc mm -hmm. and so I, I think joe's style really you know i, I guess it just helps me because it, it's very similar to my body type yeah that that big man uh you know smash smashed out jujitsu man that's it like I, I love it, and you know, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's it's taxing, but I I don't feel as as beat up as if I was to learn any other style of jujitsu. That's right. Because like you know, my instructor has this motto. I think he heard it from Grandmaster Mansoor, like, or he just modeled it off of him, like you know, just trying to do jujitsu that you can do in your seventies. Yep. And you know. I, I haven't talked to Grandmaster Mansoor, but I, I'm more likely he's probably still on the mats knowing him. Mm -hmm. So it's like that's a that's a goal of mine. Like I want to be up in my 60s and 70s and still, you know, I might not be able to roll as hard, but at least I want to be able to get out there and and work something, you know. I'll tell you a funny story. So you can see this online; it, it's it's hilarious. So Darlinson is huge. Darlinson's my age, or 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 you know, birthdays are about a week apart. And Darlinson's also, you know, trying to become a, a pro bodybuilder. So he's, he's massive, right? Mm -hmm. um, you could take a, a look at his pictures online. So we go down to Joe's, I guess it was like a, a instructor course, right? With Marco Huas and with uh, Monsoor. And we all get into this gym and we are in Cesar position. So first of all, Grandmaster Mansoor, the most crazy thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm in the, you know, I'm, I'm an executive. I own a, a home care business. So we take care of seniors in their home. And so I know what people his age look like. Right? Yeah. 
And for that guy, I swear to God, he was in Cezar for five hours. Five hours. He just sat there on his knees. And I'm like, I can't do that for 20 minutes. What? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I cannot believe. And he's not a small guy either, right? No. So I mean, he's in that position like crazy, right? So then we're all sitting there. And all of a sudden, Marco Huas stands up and he starts walking around the room like a rabid dog. And we're all just looking at him like, dude, what, what's up with this dude? But he's like looking at us like he's going to go fight. He's just like, yeah. And, and you know, Joe is talking and, and Sora is talking. And he's just like, huh, 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 like roaming around the room. We're going, what, what is going on here? So then we start the seminar <clears throat> and he just starts throwing dudes around. Like, like guys' faces are, are beat up. Guys are bleeding. Right. So he takes my, my friend, Steve, and he goes, okay, we're going to do a belly to belly. <laughs> and he takes Steve and just brings him up in the air and just goes wham and nails Steve on the ground. And we're like, oh my oh, God. Goodness. No, wait, I'm sorry. He took Darlinson. He took Darlinson, who's huge, picked Darlinson up and did a belly to belly on the ground. And we were laughing so hard because, like, first of all, none of us have ever seen, you know, Darlinson get picked up like that and slammed. And when yeah. you see Darlinson, you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, he's huge. So then we started laughing. And then Darlinson then took Steve and made Steve go out there. And then Steve <laughs> got slammed. So it's a real, it's a really funny video. I'll, I'll send it to you, but you can also find it somewhere on uh, YouTube. If you just put in Marco Huas and, uh, and Darlin Samira, but it is, uh, he was Mansoor. The other thing that he did that day is, um, oh, what did he call it? it it's basically like um, he, he goes from shoulder to hip, to shoulder to hip. Sidewinder, sidewinder, and he did that. He was like a little bug, yeah, flying across the mat. And yeah. we're like, "What in the world?" Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it was just amazing to see. And I'm sure you've seen him also do the where he clasps his hands and people try to break his arms apart. His, his party, that? his party trick. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got, yeah. I got, I got that, I got that on video when he did that. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are, but Marco Huas, man. Oh my god. That guy's still on another level, man. He was scary. I haven't, I haven't met him yet. I've heard yeah. the horror stories from my instructor. How big <laughs> and how big this guy is. How strong he is. He only has one speed, and that's full oh. throttle. Oh but, man! But um, the the first time I met my uh, Grandmaster Mansoor, um, like every time I say his name, my like my left knee tingles. Um, he came. You know, he was like, you know, old hunched over guy. Like you say, like he should be like in a nursing home somewhere. Um, puts on a gi and turns into a completely different animal, right? Mm -hmm. So we're still just like mind boggled that this dude, this age is moving like this. Yeah. So after he does like, you know, the whole, you know, the grips and he has like three yeah, people yeah. on each side pulling his arms and they can't break his grip. Yeah. Uh, he goes over a few leg locks. And we're all, we all sitting around. Obviously, he doesn't know anybody's name, so he's just calling people about belt rank. Uh, blue belt, come here. Brown belt, come here. Or, you know, he's like, uh, you, white belt, come here. So, I, you know, I, I trot over, and he's in my guard. 
and he's talking about you know falling back to like this this leg lock and it happened so fast he shifted his weight forward hopped up to his feet fell back for the leg lock right hmm. everyone is in like in shock including me forgetting that he had my leg wow so i'm sitting there looking like oh snap and i feel like a like slight little burn in my leg i was like oh i started tapping he's like you okay everybody's looking i'm like oh i'm good but i'm just what you yep. just did here but yep. yeah man my knee still hurts from that day this is like i guess i was a white belt <laughs> yeah he, it was worth it though it was worth it amazing yeah he he I'll tell you, I, I had a really, really kind of in-depth conversation with him. In fact, I, I wrote a blog on him a long time ago, and he said some really amazing things in that in that meeting I had with him. But one of the things he said is that, you know, when he used to train with Elio Gracie, you know, he said that there was like 14 moves. That was it. That was jujitsu, right? Mm -hmm. Like they would practice those 14 moves over and over and over again. And, you know, the, the, he gets really upset when he goes to tournaments and he sees like the stand up, right. Or people are, are like more of, you know, tr not trying to actually take somebody down or trying to use judo or things like that, where they're just pulling guard. And, you know, I, I've seen him stand up and get so mad at a tournament uh, at, at Joe's place one day. He's like, what are they doing? This is not jujitsu. What, what is going on here? Right. Cause they're, they're from a different world of it was like you know they, they were fighting right they were it wasn't for points it was a different whole different type of, of way of doing uh competition and that wasn't you know based on time or if you look at the old ilio you know matches i mean those things were hours long right it was just how can how can you outlast somebody not i'm gonna pull guard and it, you know it, it does that just wasn't part of the game back then. Mm -hmm. And so the other things that, you know, he said in that was that, you know, he really believes that jujitsu was made from God. And, you know, I, I believe that. I believe that, as you know, man, I mean, I, I have a picture in my school in Hayward where, where I'm not kidding when I tell you this. You had every race in there. You had a DEA agent. You had a drug dealer, you had a Norteño uh, uh, gang member, you had a guy who was grown weedily weed, you had, uh, you know, a, gay, a couple gay guys in there. You had, I mean, everybody, right? Lawyers, doctors, whatever. I have this picture of like, it, it is just amazing what jujitsu can do of bringing the world together. And unless you know, if you don't know, you don't know, right? right. If you know, you know. And that's why I think in all of us, the thing that I, I hate most about kind of the new way of martial arts is all of us want to put down other martial arts, right? Yeah. I mean, we're the 1%. I don't care what martial art you're doing. Like, we should all be in this together. And we should be not going after each other's martial arts, say, oh, this is better than the other one we should be all encouraging people that don't do martial arts to do martial arts to do martial arts right and and coming together because they will feel that type of love amongst each other where it doesn't matter where you're from or what you do you know it's all about trying to make each other better every single day and making friends and doing all the the other great things that marshall does for us but you know it, it's 
it, it you know he's he has a lot of stories around god and about you know just how he thinks of you know jujitsu in particular and how you know it can really better the world and you know i i always think to myself like what if you got together you know all the all the different leaders of the world and did a jujitsu class with them right like i guarantee you they're all going to walk away as different people oh, and they're yeah. all going to hug out and they're all going to shake hands and they're all going to have different relationships right instead of like what's going on today we're you know we're not even talking to each other yet we're sending arms to other countries and it's just it's wild man but it's wild I everyone, really think everyone needs a splash of jujitsu in their life man right you need to and i'm sure you encourage all your friends all the time oh, i don't know i don't know like come on man Do i stand on a soapbox yep on the yep. daily it's like come train nah oh. man ain't got time i ain't got this i ain't got that i ain't got no money that's right. i'm like dog just bring your ass to class that's right just one time because it's not about jujitsu. That's what everybody thinks. Oh, man, I'm not going to go in there and go break my arm or blah, blah. No, man, it's not about that. It's about building the relationships and learning. You know, jujitsu, you can't, you, there's nothing better of learning that you can literally take somebody's life with your hands mm -hmm. and being able, I mean, that, that going into, you know, what it feels like when somebody is trying to take your life, when you're getting choked out. And you have to tap out. I mean, those two things are polar opposite. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to bring those things together of, you know, war and, you know, peace, I mean, that is, that's the crux of it, right? That's oh, yeah. learning who you are as a person when you do that. And that's why, you know, the military is what it is and why they have that brotherhood is because you go through that together. And I just, I wish everybody would just experience it. Yeah, man, at least at least once. But I think it's it's like when you when people, you know, sometimes take the time out to look at jujitsu, they just look at like competitions and they look how, you know, hard people are throwing each other and try to like take their limbs off or take their head off instead of like joining a class. Cause on the outside, yeah, it looks it looks scary as hell. Like I'm not about to let no dude, you know, wrap his arms around my neck. Yeah. Like what what, what the hell do I look like? That's right. But you go in there and you, you know, you try it and then you will, you will eventually fall in love with it. There's no, there's no doubt about it. you will fall in love with jujitsu and you just fall in love with everything that it stands for. Because mm -hmm. the more you train, the more peaceful you feel. That's right. Cause that's, that's me. Like, you know, dealing with anger issues and everything else. But once I started training, man, everything is just like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. That's it. Not even worth it. <laughs> How many people's lives have been changed because of jujitsu? I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, in your school, you could probably name 30 people right now that had depression or anxiety or, you know, there, there's always that funny thing that uh, Kurt says about the guy who walks into jujitsu and he's fat and then he starts doing jujitsu and then he starts getting all the ladies and then all of a sudden she breaks up with them. Then he's back into the gym <laughs> again. Right. Like, so, I mean, it just, it gives you self-confidence. I mean, it's just, it, it's amazing, man. And I, I think we just need to keep preaching the word and, and try to get people to go. I mean, you also, you know, I, I think also as, as you get older, you realize that, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been really good at anything in my life. Like I've never been, 
I could play every sport there is, you know, but I've never been great. I've never been at the top of, of anything I did. I said, I would say boxing is probably the best thing that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's not about that. It, what it's about, and my, my friend kind of told me this, uh, Matt Lucas. Matt Lucas is a, uh, I mean, he is a pure martial artist. He, he does a lot of stuff in Hollywood. Uh, does a lot of stuff on movie sets and, and uh, you know, does, what was that movie? Uh, Into the Badlands. Uh, he he was, you know, uh, doing a lot on that show. But he also did a lot of body work. So he was doing body work on me, you know, and I said, Matt, you know, I'm just so depressed, man, that I have all these injuries and I want to compete and I want to do all this stuff. And he said to me, he's like, you know what, Donnie? He's like, you got to think about this when you're if you if you take it back to the early times of villages right think about in that village who was the warrior and who was the doctor he's like when you're young you're the warrior you're the one going out there trying to hunt you're you're the one out there you know trying to uh you know save your village from other people i mean you are the warrior but as you get older you know the more you know the more wisdom you gain you become the doctor, right? And your whole goal is to now help those warriors not get injured, be able to give them the skills they can to survive. And I think as we get older, we also have to learn that we have to become the doctor, right? Yeah. How do you take that information that maybe you didn't get as a warrior and give it to somebody else to, you know, maintain their safety and maintain their health? And that's, you know, another goal of mine as well. And I think he, when he said that, I was like, oh, okay. Because it's, it's hard, man. I mean, anybody who says you don't have ego, that's BS. <laughs> I mean, every time you get tapped, a little piece of your ego. A little hurts. tiny, a little tiny bit. A little, little tiny piece, bit. Right? <laughs> now, maybe you're not stomping around the mat all mad, you know. Maybe you do got to leave your ego at the door a little bit. But, you know, it, it, it's it's tougher when you get older and, and you know that you can't compete with those those young guys anymore. So I also think that the real thing about jujitsu, and this is where I look at myself now, is that some 25-year-old comes into the gym and I could defend myself against that person and do well. That's jujitsu. That's jujitsu. That's jujitsu, right? Like, that's amazing. Who? What other 50-year-old is going to stand up to a 25 year old wrestler. Not many, right. right? Not many. So if you could do that, man, that, that's, that's jujitsu. That is, that is it, man. That is definitely it. And <clears throat> we talk about that a lot in our school when it comes to um, seeing the guys that's coming in after us and how fast they're evolving because, oh, you know, they're learning from our mistakes. They're learning from the things that we've learned and they're getting a better, um view of it because there's more of us than it was when i was like when i was coming up in the school we had a couple like upper belts but now it's like i'm a brown belt we have another brown belt we have like a purple belt we have like three or four blue belts and you know we got a ton of white belts and everyone is gravitated towards somebody so it's like everyone's learning at a faster pace than when we was when we were coming up so yeah i definitely understand that philosophy man yeah, they're, they're the new people coming up. I mean, it's just like the Rotolo brothers, like those mm. guys, they're, they're on another level, man. It's a whole other level. Mikey, I mean, my God. I, I, I have a friend 
a really close friend um, that I've grown up with. I don't know. Do you know who David Gill is? David Gill is 50, mm -hmm. but he's like the Tom Brady of 50-year-old jiu-jitsu guys. <laughs> I mean, this okay. guy is just like ripped, still looks good, still has his hair. Like he, he has, you know, he he's the number one rated competitor for IBJJF. I mean, he's, he's the guy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I look at him and he goes to these tournaments and he's standing on the podium and he's always first, you know, maybe second because he got beat by an advantage. But then you look at the guys next to him and they all look like me. They have like bandages <laughs> over you know, bald, they're overweight. They're just like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, but this guy is amazing. But the reason why I bring up Dave Gill is because Dave is like everybody's friend. Everybody uh -huh. in jiu-jitsu knows Dave Gill. And so when you go to Vegas and you hook up with Dave Gill, you're going to go meet everybody. Like we were just down at the ADCCs and, you know, we got together with a bunch of people, did some really cool seminars, whatever. And then, you know, I asked Dave to go to lunch, you know, and he brings a bunch of dudes from the B team you know, to lunch. So I got to like, listen to all their stuff and all the stories about the B team and what's going on with them and Gordon Ryan and all that stuff. So it, you know, just the, the, and he was training with Mikey that weekend and I just said, Mikey's unbelievable, but you know, he, he, he gives me a lot of insight about all those new guys. Cause you know, a lot of those new guys also know him. So uh, yeah, but they're just on another level, man, for sure. That's dope. That's dope. I would love to, you know, meet some of these older, wiser people in jujitsu, man. You know, the few, you know, the few black belts that I've talked to, uh, is it's just been nothing but like just mind blowing conversations about you know how they how they you know still look at jujitsu to this day, training 10, 15 plus years, and they still have that love and passion for it since you know from day one and whatnot. So, yeah, I'll man, give you another story about about you know, higher level, older guys in jujitsu. So yeah, sure. I've trained a lot of times, many times in, uh, at the Gracie Academy in LA and that in Torrance, if, if you haven't been there and you're a jujitsu geek, you've got to go, you've got to go. I mean, it, it's, you learn the history, they have a museum. You know, I went there one time when Ilya was still alive and got to see a class that he was doing. Um, but I've also trained a lot, you know, many times with Henner and Heron and, and Alex is another black belt down there. And we went, I took, uh, I took Carlos Rocha. I took some other people down there for a class and they were having a class on a headlock, right? That was mm -hmm. the whole class, how to get out of a headlock, right? There were probably 25 black belts on that mat that have probably seen that class a thousand times because that's part of their combatives where you have to learn this before you can even get your blue belt. Mm -hmm. But those 25 black belts were still getting something out of that class that, okay, maybe this little thing could tweak or that little thing could tweak, but just getting out of a standing headlock. Like, so that is, I mean, that is the technical side of older jujitsu where, you know, a lot of it now is just sport jujitsu and it's not, you know, 
focused around self-defense. So a lot of the older guys, you know, it's, it's also around self-defense and that's, what's also very interesting to me is, you know, when you get to train with those, those older jujitsu guys, it's just also learning, you know, not just the sports side of jujitsu, but also the, you know, fighting side of jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, even my instructor, man, he, he still, you know, I guess you want to say, yeah, he's still learning jujitsu. Yeah. You know, he got his black belt. I think he gets his, is his first degree or second degree this year? One to two, but mm-hmm. he gets that this year. And, you know, we're always going over, over, over stuff. You know, we're always repping new things and things to add to our game, changing it up a little bit. Or he's like, yeah, man, Joe sent me X, Y, Z. So this is what we're going to class today. And it's like, you know, we sit down and learn that. And then, you know, we just continue to grow and evolve, man. And then it's awesome. Very, yeah. very awesome. Yeah, I, I think that the Star Wars thing, because you like Star Wars. I do. My, uh, I, I think there's a huge parallel actually in jujitsu and Star Wars. Because mm-hmm. and you've heard people this, you've heard people say this. It's a superpower. Because it is a superpower. It's the closest thing that humans have to a superpower. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, however, there is levels to the superpower, right? And you can have your stormtroopers, right? Your imperial mm-hmm. stormtroopers, mm-hmm. guys, right? And those are the black belts, right? And then you have elite jujitsu guys that are the Luke Skywalkers, right? Like the the Gordon Ryan's of the world, right? There's a handful of them, not many, not many. Not many. And and some of those guys who are the Luke Skywalkers, they turn into the Obi-Wan Kenobis, right? And you're starting to see some of those Obi-Wan Kenobis that are, you know, like Andre Galvao, right? Like he was Luke Skywalker. Now he's turning into Obi-Wan, right? And he's going to be a Yoda at some point. Mm-hmm. Right? And the Yodas of the world are guys that don't compete anymore, you know, and but can give you just a, a wealth of knowledge in jujitsu. And I will tell you, it it blows my mind when you when you train with somebody and you go, oh my god, you're the best in the world. There's nobody that can ever beat you. You are so good. It's unbelievable. And then all of a sudden you see them fight a Luke Skywalker and you go, what in the world? What the hell happened? <laughs> How are there so many levels to this? Yeah, I mean there are so many levels where such good, I mean great jujitsu people just get tapped out like they were a white belt by the elite of the elite mm-hmm. and i seen it over and over and over again the other place like i would also encourage you to visit if you ever can is um <clears throat> excuse me the uh the art of jujitsu i've been there many times to train and i've never seen anything like that in my life like there will be black belts from all over and they, and they videotape all the roles with the Mendez brothers. Mm-hmm. And the Mendez brothers are just tapping people like this. Well, other people also go to the school that are also brown belts, you know, black belts, whatever. And they roll with some of their purple belts and get tapped like that. And it is, and the thing I, that was so amazing to me in visiting there was it wasn't like a, oh, I tap and, you, and then you give one of the, oh man, that was good. All oh, right, yeah. What did I do wrong? Right, like you, 
you kind of go through that. I just got tapped process, mm -hmm. right? There was, it was just tap. Okay, keep going. Tap, keep going. Even if you were getting beat by a, a lower level belt, it was just, that was the way it was. Because when you go to places that are destinations, like it's a whole nother world. Like mm -hmm. the B team. I mean, the guys there, they're the elite of the elite. I mean, it costs like $500 to join there a oh, month. Wow. I mean, it is the elite, right? That that. So if you go in there as a black belt, you, yeah, yeah, good luck. You know, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a good blue belt. <laughs> so you're a very strong two-stripe blue belt. <laughs> That's it. So there, there are so many levels to this, right? But even the Imperial Stormtroopers, right? That's the most important thing is that they can, you know, they can defend themselves against, you know, 99% of the public. And, yeah. you know, they are. <clears throat> so. Definitely, man. Definitely. So this is kind of became like the, the Talk Your Jits podcast question. Um, but, you know, you it sounds like you, you've uh, blessed the mats with a lot of people, but... Um, your top three people that you would want to roll with now. Hmm. I'd want to roll with now. So I never got to roll with Pedro Sauer. I did a couple of his seminars. Mm -hmm. I'd love to roll with him. I'd love to roll with Hickson who I never got to train with. Um, and I would say, I would probably say Gordon Ryan, just because he's so elite that I would just love to feel his energy mm -hmm. and just know what that feels like. I mean, I, I'm friends with Wagner Rocha and when you train with Wagner, I mean, you, you, he's, he's, he's elite of elite. Right. And, and we saw that match with him and Gordon. Right. And it's just that that is it's just it's just another level i mean he's a big guy obviously so that has to do a lot with it when he's when he's you know training with with people that are that are you know way less than him but you know i i think those three guys for three totally different reasons would be my three definitely 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 but here's the other thing about jujitsu as you know mm -hmm. I don't, it's the only sport in the world where we still think that older jujitsu people can still beat you, right? Like, why do, why do we think that? Like, that's not in bat. That's like saying, oh yeah, you know, Jordan could still step on the court and rule the, rule the game or, you know, a boxer. Let's get Larry Holmes in the ring. He can still do it, right? Or he can or, beat these 20-year-olds. You, you still think that, right? <laughs> you think like, like only a couple years ago, I still heard some of the most elite jujitsu guys going, yeah, I, I want to roll with, with Hickson. I'm like, like well, how old is Hickson now, right? But we all think that in jujitsu. Like, you could be 90 years old and still whip everybody's butt. And sometimes the, that's true. It's that sometimes knowledge, true, man. It's It's crazy. Cause you, cause everyone knows, like you know, if your jujitsu is like steady, getting better as you get older, yeah. it's like wine. It's like that. It's very expensive wine. It's like, oh, it's just. I know this bottle been up here for like four hundred years, but I still want to <laughs> taste it. You know, it's like, yeah. like yeah, I know he's not rolling, but just, just see if he can put the gear on and just, you know, see what happens, man. 
Yeah. And Joe talks about that a lot. He says, mm-hmm. you know, I just hope that I've given black belts over my years enough respect that they don't come back and do that to me. And he says this all the time. He says, don't forget who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't, he says that to me every time I see him, don't forget who you are. Meaning, I think he means like, <laughs> don't forget that you're a, a fat, you know, 50 year old. <laughs> don't forget that. Right. I think that's what he's saying. You know, don't, don't think that all of a sudden, you know, you, you could beat everybody and, you know, you're going to, you know, we all have that idea that anything ever happens, like in a plane. Oh, my God. I'm going to be the guy who goes out. I'm, I'm that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, the bank. I'm that guy. I'm going to be Superman, right? Like, you know, he says, hey, you know, don't forget who you are. And, and you know, I, I think that, you know, he gave enough people respect during his time that, you know, it's just him, you know, not getting that in return, I think scares some people of like, they don't, they don't want to, you know, have somebody like try to beat them down and all of that stuff, which I, I think we all, we all respect that. And I don't think anybody does that, but you know, it, it's just a weird thing in jujitsu why we all still think that, like, I still think that Hicks and Gracie could beat everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, but I think that he could probably, you know, he probably has a hard time getting out of bed, but Hey, it's it's something about it's something about jujitsu, man. It's like you think like that ninety person, like you said, ninety year old on oxygen can yeah. barely stand. But let them put on that gi, you're gonna be so nervous. <laughs> like, yeah, for like, sure. Like, please don't call me. Please don't call me. <laughs> yeah, no way. I, I heard a story uh, one time when I was in the Gracie Academy, and I won't say who it was, but this very famous jujitsu guy was doing a seminar in the school. Right. Mm-hmm. And Elio was kind of watching and he was looking at the guy, you know, showing these techniques. And finally he just got so upset and he came over to, you know, interrupted the seminar and he's like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, what do you mean? And he's like, try to do that to me. And then he did, he tried to do it to him and, and Elio just put his fist right in the guy's throat as soon as he was trying to do the move and like stop the whole move. And he's like, if it, if it's more than three different moves, it doesn't work. Oh, wow. Right? And that was his big thing. But that's, you know, that, that's the stuff that those guys know that, you know, you just, you don't really think about. It's like, if you read a book, a, a, a Bruce Lee book, pick up one of his old books it's the funniest thing you've ever seen. It's like if some dude comes up to you and he has his hands up, you just kick him in the balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, oh, kick him in nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the move. That's that's the move, man. Pretty funny. But uh, yeah, man. If um, if you got any questions for me, by all means. If uh, if you got anything else coming up that you're working on, uh. Or whatever I would say, it's not out your school, but you're kind of like uh, you said you teach from home. But uh, yeah, man, the floor is still yours. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know definitely if you're you, anybody's in the Bay Area and wants to come train with with Dosa <clears throat> I mean, we have an open door policy. You know, come train in Livermore. You know, come train in uh, Hayward. You know, I own a, a jujitsu uh, gi company as well. Uh, Senso Jiu-Jitsu, SensoBJJ.com. Go check out our stuff, Um, rash guards, geese, you know, accessories, et cetera. I gave you a couple things, Lamar. Yes, I love them. 
Good. I was gonna wear them for Naga, but I um I didn't end up going. So uh, there's Grapple Industries in April, and I just been looking at it like in due time, in due time. <laughs> no man, but I I man, I appreciate that gee man. Um, I you know I did the review on the um you know did the video review, but the whole time I was walking around the house, I didn't want to take it off because it, it was so comfortable. Like the ra- especially that rash guard, like the rash guard is extremely extremely comfortable, and yeah. it didn't. Like the ones I have now, um, I love them. But you know, when they start sweaty, they start to bunch up. But this one just felt like cool the whole time I had it on. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, they, they have that it. cool max material that that kind of whisks off the the sweat a little bit. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. And and there's a lot of companies out there, right? We're more of a boutique brand, uh, and you know, there's some large players out there, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, I, I would just say to anybody, man, if you're looking for geese or anything else, it's all about, you know, what the company does for the community. I mean, that's that's super important because nowadays, you know, people are just getting, you know, geese from overseas and, and selling them on eBay for 50 bucks, right? And just making some money off that. But we're really trying to support the community you know, in the jujitsu world. And so, you know, from, you know, really the only company is origin, you know, that's the only company that, that really makes everything in the United States. All of us, you know, we do certain things in the United States, but it's about giving jobs. It's about, you know, sponsoring seminars. We, we, we sponsor grappling industries for a long time. Okay. Uh, you know, so there's, you know, just just know that when when you're getting a gi for 50 bucks or 75 bucks what that actually means right because it, it's hard with jujitsu companies um that you know are starting to see these type of competitors come out uh where people are just wanting to make money and you know a lot of the, the jujitsu companies out there that are worthwhile you know they're all jujitsu practitioners like myself and and my business partner ignacio and you know just try to support those that that support the community yeah definitely definitely because i've bought plenty of geese and um you know yeah like you said they there's it seemed like they just want to make money because like a couple of geese that i bought i washed once and they just balled up like the lapel was just messed up the you know the material of the the um the gi was just like it didn't it didn't it was just terrible so i had to like just toss them out so but yeah, yeah. i i want I, I, there was another i think there was a it was a joe Moera rash guard that you guys got i think it's black and white with the monkey face on the side on down the sleeve you know what's so funny is i have i i bought a bunch of them because i was going to go to a seminar and sell them and i cannot find the box of those rash cards and it's driving me crazy i'm on my way to come help you find yeah it, it is <laughs> driving me nuts I, I don't know what i did with it but i took it out of our warehouse and i brought it home and i've been up in my attic trying to find them but i gotta find them because i love that rash card and i am a lot on of my way them. so I, I gotta i gotta find them but if i find them i'll, I'll let you know Please do, man. That, that hurt my heart when you said that because no, I was, I had, no. I was screenshotting and I sent it to like a couple of guys. I'm like, dude, I want this rash guard. It is such a sexy rash guard. But, well, the yeah. other thing that we could do too, I mean, just for you and your school and any school out there is we also do custom geese, right? Okay. So all you got to do is just say, hey, I'm a, you know, A3 
and I want Joe Marrera's stuff all over the, the, the rash guard, whether it be in the back patch or a leg patch or whatever, you know, we do all the patchwork here. So we'll, we'll send it right to you and we do drop ship. So, you know, that that's unlike a lot of other companies where you have to order a certain quantity. Yeah. You could do one-offs. And then if you're, you know, your school owner wants to do, you know, custom geese, you know, obviously he can get that at, uh, at a wholesale cost and then obviously sell it to the students. So we do both of those things. So, you know, I, I just got a new one, you know, with, with Joe Marrera stuff on there myself. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely an option for you. Oh man, I appreciate it. And I definitely let my instructor know, man, that, you know, we, we, we have that option now. Cause we, cause we've been looking, you know, he's been doing some rebranding for the school. Um, so, uh, we definitely been looking into like doing like the rash guards, the geese and other, other stuff. So yeah, I'll definitely let them know. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, uh, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank Donnie again for coming on and blessing us with his tales and experiences. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. And we're done, sir.